Hello, and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's get get into it. it. Hello, and welcome to The Writing Forge. I'm Miranda. I'm Bonnie. And today we are going to be talking with our guest, Rhonda, about creating under stress. But before we get into that, Rhonda, how did you come to be in the writing industry? Back when I was a professional geologist, I ended up getting stuck writing reports because I could write and I enjoyed it. And most geologists that I knew didn't like to write. (laughs) Exactly. They're they're into it for the science and the The field work. And sitting at a desk writing a report was the worst thing possible. And I found that I kind of liked it. And I got into fiction because I realized that if you're writing fiction, you can make stuff up. (laughs) And I love that. So that was how I got into writing. Nice. That is awesome. By the way, I got to say, I am so impressed by this studio. The decor (laughs) is fabulous. This seat is the most comfortable I've ever been in. And I'm telling you, that that little guy down there rubbing my feet, this is awesome. (laughs) Yes. We, We pay him extra. Yeah. Well, he deserves it. His name is Scratchy. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, you've written fiction. I have written fiction. You have not published fiction, have you? Not, I'm in a couple of anthologies, but really nothing to brag about. But the big thing you've published is? I uh, published The Potato Primer. It came out in November of 2021. And that happened because when the pandemic hit, I kind of lost the ability to write fiction because my fiction tends to be a little bit bloody and gory and the world was going straight to heck in a handbasket and I couldn't, I couldn't deal with writing that kind of terribleness. So I cooked a lot because I had nowhere to go and nothing to do and I uh, one day realized that cookbooks are full of words and <laughs> writers write words and then I got to thinking about the cookbook that I wish I had that no one had written, and it occurred to me that I could write it, and so I did. There you go. Yeah, 2020 was a big, stressful year for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, so for me, peeling potatoes, man, that was stress relief. <laughs> and uh, I also learned that you can't send too many potato peels down the disposal without <laughs> having to call a plumber to come help you out. But that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> So since we're on that topic, let's talk a bit, a little bit about basically what you did was uh, while under stress was change things up. So, Correct. So how can changing things up help us? Well, I think if, if you've been trying to create under stress and you're at the same desk at the same time of day, everything is the same, man, that you just tap into that stressful mode immediately. Mm-hmm. So sometimes removing yourself physically from that environment can help. And if you can't do that... Things like um, changing the sounds around you. There's a website. It's ambientmixer.com. It's free. And you can select whatever soundscape you want. I will oftentimes get myself um, the sounds of a Japanese cafe. Okay. Because people are talking around you. I don't speak Japanese, but it's that murmur. And I'm, I put myself into a new soundscape. That helps a ton. So my popular ones lately that I have been going to is uh, a British pub, my Japanese cafe, 
And sometimes I go to the common room at Hogwarts because it's just that quill pen scratching and there's a cat purring and a fire going and it's it helps. I want to ask you, Bonnie, um, because editing is a form of creativity. That's and true. so did did you find that you were having a hard time or do you find stressful times? Do you find it hard to complete your editing projects? And if you do, what are some things that you do to like either force yourself through it or do you give yourself a break or like what what do you do as an editor when the stress is high well one of the things that helps is that editing I'm not editing my own stuff so I'm a little bit more emotionally removed from it um but I have definitely had projects that have been really stressful and I think having to work to the deadline is one thing that has made me Right. I have someone's paying me. I have to get it to them. So if you're getting paid for writing, then you have to be done in time. Um, but that can just add to the stress, I think. So I think um, I don't know. We were talking about self-care in our other episode. And I think that's important doing the, the things to free up your mind so that you can focus on the stressful things. So I think I think an important thing is building a habit. Is so, building a habit. Yes. So um, having, for instance, it helped, you know, I have a, an 18-month-old and he naps every day at one. And so I'm like, well, when he's asleep, that's when I have to get work done because otherwise he's distracting me. And so having that constraint of I need to do stuff now has helped me, you know, I get my butt in the chair. That's one of the things they say. <laughs> and uh, get things done by having that built into my schedule. No, that that definitely, that's definitely a big part of it. Um, I recently read, I believe it was a book called Atomic Habits. Um, and they talk about uh, triggers um, to help trigger a habit, not, not like mm, trigger warning right. triggers, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like visual triggers or scent triggers or stuff like that. Um, and so things that you can do to basically like tell your brain, okay, now we are getting into this activity. I've and wanted I, to do that. Like you like, right. You like light a candle every time you sit down to do, to write or something. Is that, is that kind of that idea? Yeah, that is, that is that idea. And I think Rhonda, you have a pretty set, uh, I believe you call it a ritual. Here's my, my writing ritual. And this, this, when I go through these motions, it puts me in the mind frame of writing. And one of the things I do is um, I got to adjust my chair. And I know I'm adjusting it back to where it was, but it makes <laughs> me feel like I'm set. I have to have sharpened pencils, number two pencils. I rarely use them, but they must be there. Okay. I, and I got to see where they are. Okay, that's just a thing. And then... I'll turn on my computer because one of the first things I do is play words with friends with my mother, who is 88 <laughs> years old. So I know, A, she's alive because she played that morning. And um, it, it, it makes me get my computer fired up and my hands on the keyboards, and I have done something. I've written a word. That's true. Which is writing. And then uh, we're talking about candles. I, I'll, I'll buy kind of expensive candles mm -hmm. for my budget. And I'll, at that point, I light the candle. And if I'm burning that wax. Mm. That was I'm, expensive wax. It was a, I better be writing and I better not leave the computer and walk over and start, I don't know, organizing my spices or something because <laughs> I got that candle burning. And that tells me, oh, candle's burning, time to write. And that's usually, those are the sequences I go through. And somewhere in there, I'll decide, what do I feel like listening to? Sometimes it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to hear just, I want to hear rain. And I'll go into ambient mixer, and there's a there's a soundscape there that is uh, it's rain hitting tin roofs, 
and I love it. And so I'll, I'll and that, that usually is what it takes to get me in there. And if that doesn't work, the final thing I will do is say, well, I have to sit in this chair for the next mm. 45 minutes. I am not allowed to leave. And I'll just kind of stare up into space until I get bored and then decide, well, I might as well put some words down because <laughs> I got nothing else to do. I believe I heard uh, Neil Gaiman. Is that how he says his name? I yes. believe I've heard Neil Gaiman say the same thing. He's like, you may write, you may do nothing, but you may do nothing other than write. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which and, is. And sometimes you have to give yourself the permission to write really poorly, saying, you know, whatever it is, I can edit it, I can change it, but you can't edit a blank page. Yes. So you got to get her down. Do you do the whole font changing thing? I I have found that that unfortunately does not work for me. Like I've heard people be like, oh, put it in Comic Sans because then it doesn't feel as official. And so then Mm. you should be able to like, that should help you be able to write easier. But I found that it doesn't. Uh, if I'm going to write poorly, it's going to be in Times New Roman or <laughs> or Hel- Helvetica or Papyrus. Like it's just it doesn't seem to <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. But I, I was uh, wondering, has is that something you've tried or? I can't stand Comic Sans. <laughs> I tend to go either Times New Roman if it's really important, mm-hmm. or if it's just casual writing. I'm Ariel all the way, mm-hmm. and that I, font changes don't do a thing for me. And no. so, yeah, and which so, is—I mean—that's kind of an interesting because that's a really useful, I think, uh, thing to do for editing is change the font because then your brain isn't used to seeing it. So I feel like it should—that should translate over into. Well, and it, it sounds like it has done for a lot of people. It just hasn't for you. It just hasn't for me. No, the the my brain is stubborn. It it knows when I'm trying to manipulate it and trick it. It's like, nah, I don't care. <laughs> I was curious. I think Miranda has a question, but I was curious. Sorry, Rhonda first. Um, so this ritual that you had set up was this that you set up after the pandemic, or was this what you had set up before for writing fiction, and then you translated it into writing nonfiction? I've had this ritual for years. Mm-hmm. So no, it wasn't pre-pandemic. But I I found that when the pandemic really started going badly, I couldn't even walk into my office. I just it was like a force field. I couldn't go in there. I couldn't. I was losing it because the world was going to heck. And uh, I have kids that were home. I had my two kids plus an exchange student that I was dealing with. And I just, that was all I could do. Mm -hmm. So hence being in the kitchen. And everyone else was baking bread. So I decided to make Hasselback potatoes one day. (laughs) And it was so fun, easier than it looks. And the rest is history. So then when it came time to actually write the ingredients, did you were you able to go back in your office or the recipes or or did you write them in the kitchen? No, that was office work and that okay. that I found I could do. Yeah, okay. cuz it was a completely different thing and I said earlier in this podcast that I liked writing fiction cuz you can make stuff up. What really helped me was that when you're writing a recipe, you can't make stuff up. It has to be <laughs> has the to exact work. ingredients or, or, you know, approximate. It has to be the right it has to be truth. So that helped me, grounded me. And it kind of helps too that I think you're tapping into something else because you're recording the process rather than creating the process. Correct. So yeah. like, Which, you're, like you're creating it in the kitchen, but writing wise, you're recording it. Uh, and so you're not like, like fantasy, you're not world building, you're not, you're not pulling things out of thin air. And so I feel like it pulls from a different creative source 
if that makes sense. I, it, that makes a ton of sense, and I think you're right. A I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're absolutely correct. Yeah, uh, a different pool. Um, have you gone back to writing fiction yet? I have started because there are stories that are niggling at the back of my brain that want to be told, and I I have started doing that. But my go-to thing when I get stuck in fiction is just kill someone, right? <laughs> and um, I'm not there. I'm not able to do that. So I've decided maybe I need to write more like something comedy, less murdery? something mm-hmm. less murdery, less blood. <laughs> no one should die, and. That's what I've gone for. So I've, I've got – I started in – it's a, a screenplay and it's a rom-com set in northern Minnesota in the 80s because we were talking about music before we started recording and it's like, oh, man, <laughs> music from the 80s. That brings it all back. <laughs> so I feel like there's an important lesson in there in that like you took a break. You did something else to use the same brain muscles, if you will. So that you didn't atrophy, and then you're, you're slowly being able to come back to what you were doing before. Right. Well, and I found, too, if you're in, like, different creative mediums, so, like, uh, thankfully the best thing about writing novels or books or stuff like that is unless you're under contract, you can typically go at your own pace. Um, but for things uh, like I do a lot of social media posting, which does take some creative muscle, and I have found that if there's something that you have to post on the regular, but you're under a lot of stress, the best thing you can do for that is prepare beforehand. Um, And so try to create like a backlog of either articles or blog posts or, um, or different social media posts and stuff like that and just have them off to the side and ready to go out. And so like if there's anthologies or magazine articles or stuff like that, like when you are in a, when you're in feast rather than famine creatively, like try to create a couple of extra things that you can set off to the side and hold for a rainy day. Um, And then post later while you're still trying to like give yourself a break from the stress is something that I have found that helps me. Um, you will, of course, go through your backlog eventually, and so <laughs> um, so be prepared for that. But I know that's something that helps for other creative avenues. So I was thinking, so. let's take a different tack for a little bit here. All three of us are part of Northern Colorado Writers, which mm-hmm. is a group of writers and other We're a writing, writing organization. Writing-related <laughs> people. I am a writer, I guess, too. But anyway, um, so let's talk about that a little bit. How can you build your community and how can you use your community to help you create under stress? How did you use your community, Rhonda? Well, when I started writing this cookbook, the thing that I cannot do and don't like to do is creating covers. I'm not that kind of creative. So I, uh, through Northern Colorado Writers, found this amazing cover artist. Her name is Maggie Walker. And she made a cover that just blew me out of the water. And so that was, you think of the things you don't like to do or you can't do, get someone else to do it. And in the community, (laughs) you can find those people. So I've got an editor, a copy editor, my cover designer, photographer. I got other people to do the things I don't like to do. And that let me free to do what I love doing, which is noodling around in the kitchen and seeing how I can make something different. I love doing that and then writing about it. That's, That's a joy. I was going to say, I know for me, how I leaned on the community was it was a lot of um, 
it turned into a lot of like brainstorming and throwing mm-hmm. stuff back and forth and a lot of like, so we'd have a conversation, we'd have, uh, um, we, we'd have the session of like releasing all of the negative feelings towards everything that was happening. Uh, and, and we'd go around for that probably a little longer than we should have, but then we would turn around <laughs> and start talking about like, okay, you know, what was a cool show? What are happy things? And then we would talk about happy things and then it would start to be like, okay, so here's what I'm stuck on. And then we would just spitball solutions or spitball ideas or spitball. And so try to like tap into each other's creative wells, but in a very constructive way and in a, like trying to make it fun. Okay, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about world building this thing. Or I have a title and that is all. (laughs) So what do you think, uh, what is the story that should go with this title? And then everyone throws stuff out there and it ends up becoming this like collective, collaborative kind of exercise. And then everyone, you know, it gets the ideas flowing and it gets everybody in a more gentle, creative headspace than, than trying to muscle it out sometimes. Well, I think along those lines, one of the things just generally that helps me when I'm stressed is helping other people. Because I think when when you help someone else, you can sort of forget about the things that are stressing you for a little bit. So I, I think I feel like that fits in with what you were saying, Miranda, like you were helping each other. And a lot of times I find like if I'm helping someone else brainstorm, then in the back of my mind, I'll be working through the other things and, and able to come up with some ideas. So, yeah, I think I think. Yeah, helping your community, helping your community, and letting your community is letting your community help you. Another another thing that that I've been doing is I've got a couple of writing friends that will just meet at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. and and I know that if I have to meet my friend, um, uh, say uh, my friend Debbie, I have to have something ready to write because she's going to be working, and I'm going to sit there looking like an <laughs> idiot if I'm also not working. So. That's a big thing, and and critique groups. At Northern Colorado Writers, you can find your tribe. You can find the people who either write like you do or write the same kind of stuff you do, or you can find your people, and that that's a huge thing because writing is so isolating mm. that uh, sometimes you just need another person at the same table writing, and that kind of that group synergy starts kicking in, and it makes me get work done. Definitely. Uh, I was going to say Bonnie runs. Yeah, uh, I was going to bring that up. Oh, well, then I'll let you bring it up. <laughs> I was going to say, that was something that I discovered even before the pandemic was Shut Up and Write, TM. It's a trademark name. Um, and it's an organization where people all get together, and it used to be at coffee shops, and you'd all just shut up and write for an hour. And now we do it over Zoom, and it's great. I find it really helpful to just be like, okay, well, I have to get stuff done during this time. It is a little easier to get distracted when you're doing it over Zoom than in person, but mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really, really helpful thing to – that goes back to the right creating the writing habit thing. Well, every Thursday morning at 11, I'm going to be sitting down and telling these people that I'm going to be working on this, and then I'm going to come back in an hour and tell them if I did it or not. The accountability, I think, is helpful. Mm-hmm. And and that brings up another advantage of being in a writing community like Northern Colorado Writers is that several of you knew I was working on a cookbook because I told you <laughs> about it. Yes. And then they're just, hey, how's it going? Well, I didn't want to admit that I hadn't done anything. So <laughs> therefore, I better get myself in gear and, and start working on it. And that also helped with I was absolutely terrified to publish this book. Because what if I got bad reviews? What if no one liked it? What if no one even said anything and it just got no attention? 
and I did all that work. And it was, it's like, in some ways, it's easier to not publish because you can pretend it's going to be a bestseller. Uh, and until it would be, yeah. you publish it and it's not, <laughs> then it ruins that fantasy. But it, I did finally, because I knew I had a lot of support, pulled the trigger, published the thing, and was got such amazing support, not only from Northern Colorado writers, but... Man, friends I hadn't talked to in years saw a post somewhere and then would get back to me on it. Oh, I bought it. It's great. I'm doing this. And thank you for this suggestion because I didn't know how to do this this way. And it's been gratifying, really gratifying. Awesome. Well, I think that's all the time we have today. But thank you. This has been a great conversation. Well, is it okay if I just go and lounge on some of the leather <laughs> easy chairs yes. you've got there? Because I see it's got that um, we, massage we have, function. Yeah. We have a great man. We'll, we'll call him up and have him oh, feed you. that would be good. That would be good. I'm kind of in the mood for red grapes today. Can I? Can you do that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Do you want them frozen in wine? <laughs> Yes, I do. Okay. We yes, can. Do. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of all these things to help you relieve your stress, here's our question for you today, listeners. What do you do to relieve your stress and to keep writing and doing creative things despite being stressed? Let us know in the, in the comments and on our social media. Stay sharp, my friends. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Writing Forge, an NCW podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. To learn more about The Writing Forge and our parent company, Northern Colorado Writers, be sure to check out our website at northerncoloradowriters.com. Check out our social links in the description. You can subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever podcasts are aired. If you like this episode, you'd really help us out by rating and reviewing. If you're looking for more informational writing content, be sure to become an NCW member. Stay sharp, my friends. 